1: Here are your hosts,
0: Chase Palm. And broadcast school has really paid off. Andy. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
2: Welcome in to this edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Palm and Neil McCready. I am in Oxford, Clarkport Studio. Neil in Nashville, Tennessee, SEC Media Days. The second day of that kicking off today. Yesterday, uh, it's Greg Sankey, Texas a AM, LSU. And Missouri, a lot of stuff on the uh, the website, a very lengthy notebook from Mr. McCready there at rebelgrove.com. From a podcast standpoint, three different OEP extras. You got a podcast yesterday from Brian and I that was a little bit of an SC media day preview, some baseball, some football, some other stuff in that as well. And then today um, we will uh, be with you this morning and then. Probably be with you for a pretty uh maybe stream, not sure. Probably probably streamed and then another podcast this afternoon. So we're doing a we're doing a, we're doing a double header today, kind of a day night variety. Um, as Wednesday, a little busier day for Neil. So we're making sure we get your content to you. A lot of SSC Media Days t- uh, talk today on a podcast brought to you by the Oxford Exxon every day. Highway Six West in Oxford ribs lunch specials and more. Again, hope you took advantage of the one dollar Sundays at the Oxford Crystal, a bunch of different locations of that on Sunday. But get your ribs, get your lunch specials, get your donuts. If you're in Brookhaven or Clinton, a lot of great deals all across the state. They're up and down I-55 and they're out in North Mississippi as well. And again, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford studio.
3: Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is completely up to you. You can shop the quote around. Or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove to you what that means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. My coverage from Nashville is brought to you by Hillco Insurance. Do you hate losing games? Do you hate losing players? Do you hate paying for your insurance? If you said yes to those questions, Davey Ferris can help. Davey has partnered with the Grove Collective and will be donating 20% of all commissions and 10% of all renewals on both personal and commercial insurance policies. Davey and Hillco Insurance are sponsoring RebelGrove.com's and MPW Digital's coverage of SEC Media Days from the Grand Hyatt Regency in downtown Nashville Davey can service customers in all 50 states, and he's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss athletics succeeds in this era of college sports. So contact Davey Ferris at 214-715-7247 or email him at dferris, that's D-F-A-R-R-I-S, at Hillcoinsurance.com. So, uh,
2: Nashville Media Day, you and I were talking, you, you see the same faces every year. You see all the folks, you see, uh, you get the same questions, basically. I think we could just do a mad little. you put the coaches up there, it's gonna be the same exact questions, pretty much. You got the same people. I see Bob Holt is back. I had a, a, a mutual acquaintance, survivor send me a thing, he goes, hey, who's that guy? And I didn't even have to see a picture, I went, Bob Holt, let's see who that is. That, 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 that's who the guy is that you were, uh, that you're referring to yesterday, I uh, I thought about you yesterday, but in a very uh, in, in a not, not in a negative way, but in a negative way to this tweet. As uh, I saw Anthony Dasher, and he had a full tray of cupcakes that he was taking to his seat, oh. and he goes, it was something along the lines of you can't get between a sports writer and his pastries or his cupcakes or his desserts or whatever. And I could laugh at it because Anthony is a, is, is a good dude. He's not obese or anything. Anthony can eat his cupcakes; he can be fine. But I thought. You know, that's a that's a bad sign for a lot of folks in that room because you got the Dr. Pepper and you got the sun kissed and the golden flake. And, and now apparently we're doing plenty of brownies and cupcakes and pastries in our uh and our hors d'oeuvres as well.
3: All right. So let me walk you through this because I saw yeah, it. Sure. I watched it happen in, in real time. <laughs> and I know most of our listeners won't believe me. You, you'll either vouch for me or you won't. You've known me for a while. I'm not particularly judgy. Um, I'm kind of a live and let live person I know no one believes that but it's true Um, it's so Sankey went on about I guess it was around noon I had I was doing something in another part of Nashville that morning and so I got over here just in time and dropped off my stuff and got downstairs and was there kind of for the end of Sankey he talked for a long time and then wasn't long after that Brian Kelly came in the LSU coach and he talked and then he was followed by Jimbo Fisher he talked and then there was a big break because of the way the schedule worked in the time that anybody came into the big room there was some and I guess at that point they realized hey if we don't do something to kind of placate these people they're going to revolt I guess and so at like three o'clock in the middle of kind of the radio row area they bring out this massive buffet it was it looked 30 yards long probably because it was 30 yards long and it was hot dogs and cupcakes and like brownies there was no salad on that buffet, let's put it that way. It was just... There wasn't even like the
2: obligatory press box salad that we normally get that's got the cheese and the tomatoes and the croutons and a
3: little bit of lettuce in there? I don't think so. I okay. think it was I think it was hot dogs and other things that are as bad for you as hot dogs. And I watched... I mean, look, again, I'm trying not to be... I, I'm sounding like a jerk. It was like a cattle call. I mean, everybody so I, I, it, there are two types of people in our industry or whatever we call this that what this dying shell of a field there's there's the 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 the, the guy or and it's usually guys it's, it's frankly i can't think of one female that fits this criteria so i'll go with guy it's it's the guy who long ago let it go and doesn't care and they they if the food's there they go get it And then there is a group kind of like me that is fighting father time just as hard as you can fight. And they didn't touch it. And there was nothing in between. There's like nobody who goes and goes, you know, I'll have a brownie. I'll have some, I'll have a cookie. They either get a plate tray full of the stuff or they don't touch it. And there's more coffee now there's more water now it used to just be hey soda baby if you if if, yeah. if you're thirsty get a coke there's there's more options now um so there there there's obviously an understanding that a few people are trying to hang on but it was the number of people that walked into the big media room with plates full of pastries or whatever is was it was stunning well
2: I I get on this topic and I know we've hit it before and I know some people, it's not even, it's not making fun. It's it's a psychological experiment because so many people go, Hey, what's it like in a press box? What's it like around this with media or, you know, Hey, it's gotta be this scintillating conversation. It's like, uh, no, it's not how this works. So let me, let's, let, let's pull back the curtain and we'll show you cause Neil's right. I mean, this comes to somebody who still needs to lose a few for sure, but it's, it, it is a it is the weirdest thing, maybe weirdness is too strong because I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it is one of the more weird things I've seen is in media is the worst thing about this in all ways is the enchantment with mediocre food is I don't understand it it is something about this thing in their head. And it's a group think thing. One person gets up, second person gets up. Everybody feels like they have to get up. They're bored. They are, as Neil said, they've let it go. So any calories are good calories at this point. It's all these different things, but we're not talking about like, Hey, wow, they brought that over there. That, that salmon is awesome. Let's make sure we get in line and get the salmon. You're talking about bad hot dogs, bad hamburgers, Cisco truck brownies, like the worst of the worst of stuff. And once they see the, it, it's the craziest thing, this happens in press boxes. This happens in these, in these huge interview rooms when they start bringing it in, the eyes meet it at the door and follow it. And you can see all the heads turn as they go together and they turn and they watch it and they already start moving and they get up and they get in line and they wait in line for the bad whipped cream and the one cherry on top of the chocolate brownie. That's pretty dry. It's, 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 it, it's, it's not even like bad pizza. It's literally bad food. Like it is the weirdest thing. And yet they run to it. It's, it's, it is fairly remarkable. You see it in every press box that serves the different halftime meal or the between quarter snacks, um, because everybody does stuff a little different. I think Georgia is the one that does it. Georgia or Auburn? I know they do like the hot dogs or hamburgers at halftime, and like Auburn, start, Auburn does yeah, hot dogs. Yeah, there you go. Start like lining up. You know, like two minutes left. They're kind of like looking over, going, "Hey, you're going to go ahead and get in the line to get the to get the hot dog right there. are going to go we go, going to go, go grab that."
3: It's, and for about thirty percent of the press box, the answer is yes. They go get in the line. Two and a half minutes left in the second quarter. i mean, what if something happens here that ends up sort of being pivotal for what you're going to write? I mean, you're you're here to cover the game. They're still they're playing game, but most games aren't decided by the end of the second quarter. Certainly not I in mean, SEC. But in line for that hot dog, and 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 you wonder if the hot dog is like a religious experience. And as someone who's had the hot dog once or twice. It's it's not, it's, it's just a hot dog. We all
2: came out, you know, the, the pandemic people lost weight or gain weight. Hardly anybody stayed the same. They either went, Hey, I'm going to use this time to get healthy, to do some different things or I'm not. And you get worse shape because, you know, mental health and different things deteriorate. And I know what you're talking about, because you and I were discussing it before we started the show that a lot of the people that we know are simply just getting older and you get run down and these different things on the whole is the sports rider even more unhealthy than five or six years ago? Or is there a is there some is there some part of it where some of them are trying to
3: to figure it out? Well, I mean, for the most part, the guys who also do some TV are pretty fit. Like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Greg McElroy, of course, these are former athletes, mm-hmm. like Josh yeah, Pate. Yeah, yeah. Josh pate pretty he's yoked, I mean, That yeah, he's, <laughs> he's put together. Um, <laughs> like you know, Staples is pretty fit. Like he went on a big health kick. You know, even though he does a lot of stuff with food, Andy's like a pretty big workout person.
2: Like, say, I'm I'm, pr- I'm
3: I'm really proud of Staples and Marcelo, two guys that look really good who have found it. You know, I told you this, and I guess we talked about it, but mostly we talked about our conversation that night. But I had not seen Brandon in person in probably, God, six years. And then I saw him that night when I was covering the Ole Miss-Arkansas game in Fayetteville in late November. And I was sitting next to the guy for like a quarter and a half. I didn't know who he was. I I didn't recognize him. Hmm. He's lost. I mean, if Brandon's listening to this and I get the number wrong, I apologize. I, I would guess that he's lost a minimum of 100 pounds.
2: No, I you know, and I think it's even more than that. I think it's probably close to 150.
3: You're probably right. I just I I didn't a I didn't realize he had gotten that big, and B, I mean he he's gotten lean. I mean, I just didn't recognize him. And he introduced himself, and obviously we had some things to kind of talk about, <laughs> um, and we did. We had a very very nice conversation, and and uh, but I, he said, hey, I'm, I'm Brandon Marcello, and I looked at him like there's no way you're Brandon Marcello. But yeah, he he lost a ton of weight. He looked he looked great. Um, you know I've known Brandon
2: for a long time, and I and I mean this in all sincerity. Just you know from a human standpoint, I watched him. And again, I'm mean, not you know Brandon's done something that's very hard to do. Again, this is not critical in any way of any point of, one of my conversation. But I've watched Brandon come into press boxes for years with you know cucumbers and snacks, and you can tell he's trying to lose weight at different points of the last fifteen years and struggle with it, and then got you know, at his largest before he really um, got it off there. And I I saw he made a Twitter post maybe last year. I forget when it was. And he had said that he got on Nutrisystem and he stayed completely dedicated to Nutrisystem. And then he started walking and then jogging and then just moving and moving and moving. And he mentioned that when it started, he couldn't walk a 20-minute mile without getting out of breath and had to stop. Um, And he said that the biggest thing was not even vanity or – even necessarily health as much as comfort. He was so uncomfortable in his body at that point was the way he phrased it. And yeah, I, I think he had, I think, I think he's down. I don't know exactly. And I haven't seen him in a while. You obviously have, I would say he's probably 180 pounds at this point if I had to guess.
3: Yeah, that's about right. I'd guess about 175, 180. Mm-hmm. I know what he means too. I mean, I remember, I can't believe people are like what in the hell are y'all talking about? It just it's is enough. what it is. Um, <laughs> I remember at my heaviest, When I would sit, I always would pull at my shirt. You couldn't get comfortable. Mm -hmm. I was like fixing my shirt, like trying to almost stretch it out. Like, I guess it was, it was just trying to get comfortable. And I remember thinking you're doing this because you're too big and everyone notices that you're pulling on your shirt and they probably did. I don't know if they did or didn't, but yeah, there's, And sometimes you can get to that place and like he was describing where you're so uncomfortable with your, just your physical state that, that impacts everything about you. It has to, it has to change everything about you from a, just a chemistry standpoint. Like now I got up this morning, I woke up, it was 5.15 and I knew we were podcasting early because you're basically accommodating me because I have a a weird day tomorrow morning. And um, I was like, I could lay here and try to sleep for another hour or I could sit here and get on my phone and and scroll Twitter and Instagram for an hour, or I could just get up and and go exercise right now, Mm -hmm. If I do it right now. I have a full hour plus to get it in. I'll feel better. My day will be set up. And then if I don't get to exercise later today, okay. And so I did. And, it was remarkable how my mood shifted in that amount of time. And then I had a really weird thing happen to me a minute ago. I like, I'm going to tell you this because this was weird. All right. You had texted me and my wife, Laura had texted me in roughly Mm -hmm. the same amount of time. And I was trying to figure out this Nespresso machine in uh, my hotel room. (laughs) And, um, I needed to turn the flashlight on my, my, my phone so that I could read the thing on the top and I got it to work, but I was trying to get it turned on. And right about the time that I figured out how to turn it on something on my phone, the text came across, it's turned on now. And I thought you had texted me or that Laura had texted me. And I was like, wait, because you had sent me something Something about hey, I'm going to send you a link or whatever. Yeah. And I thought when I first read that, I thought you were telling me the links on now. And then I went and looked at our text, and you had not texted me again. Uh. Uh-uh. In fact, I had texted you back and said, "Yeah, it's cool. I, I just finished a run. I'll yeah. be ready." And you had said, "Take your time. I'm yeah, not even yeah. office yet, or something like that." And Laura had texted me to say, "Are you up?" Because she knew we were podcasting early, and she said, "I tried to text you, and I've tried. I've been trying to text you, and you're not responding." Because I was running on a treadmill and I was watching the bear on Hulu. And some something texted me. Text came across my phone. It's God is my witness. It's turned on now. And it was the damnedest thing. I I took it as a, a sign that today's gonna be a good day. Like I took it as like somebody out there is like, hey, it's it's on. You don't have to keep fooling with it. It's on. So did you
2: get it's your Nespresso? Huh? Did you get your Nespresso? Did it work? Yeah, it was, it
3: was really good. Yeah, it was great. It's fancy. Got an espresso it, machine in the in the in the hotel room. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm now thinking about how much would an espresso machine set me back because that was that was really good. They they will set you back. I mean, there's several different
2: prices, but yeah, it's not the cheapest thing. And then the pods are kind of expensive. I, I've gone down the route, but my deal on that is like I'm just a drip coffee maker. I don't need anything extra. I'm good. Like I've got a really nice drip coffee maker, but it's just a drip coffee maker. It didn't do anything crazy. Okay. And the, the rule on that, though, is, look, if I if I spend the money on the Nespresso or the espresso machine or the really, really big thing, anybody else in my house is no longer going and buying the coffee out somewhere. If, they, if, if we're doing that, then that's what we're doing. Like, we're not doing both. So, like, I, I think I think that I'm I'm not having to go that route because she would still rather go buy it out somewhere. A lot of days or like, has like really likes the coffee truck over by the library, like does that instead. So I think it's kept me from buying the Nespresso or the Espresso machine or whatever. Cause yeah, it's, it's not the, it's not the cheapest appliance you're going to have in your kitchen at all. Take a break in the podcast. Tell you about prime shrimp. You can get seven different flavors delivered directly to your door. A couple of my favorites, the signature, the new Orleans style barbecue. They're great for salads. They're great for lunches, quick snacks, or even dinner to feed your family. The summer's pretty busy. So let prime shrimp take care of you. Again, with all those different flavors, fewer than 10 minutes, freezer to plate, and you get restaurant-quality shrimp. They also offer the uh, two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp, a lot like what's was at the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from New Orleans-based company. They're also available in Rouse's Markets if you have one of those nearby. But if you need a mailed to you, we can help you out. You buy five pouches or more and use code RG, and you get 25% off. That's code RG, 25% off, primeshrimp.com. Summer is here. And Heavenly Sunshine Property would like to take the opportunity to remind you about the importance of taking care of your outdoor living spaces. Regular maintenance is key to preserving the beauty and integrity of your home or business. And one of the most effective ways to maintain is through power washing. Some of the key benefits include increased curb appeal, damage prevention, creating a healthier environment. It also saves you time and money. They've been serving the Mid-South and Oxford for four decades. Their full-service commercial and residential property maintenance includes power washing, soft wash roof cleaning, facade cleaning, and window cleaning. Don't wait until it's too late. Contact Heavenly Sunshine today and get ready to enjoy a brighter, cleaner outdoor living space. HeavenlySunshine.com or 662-342-1203. You get a free estimate. You can book that today. You can use code MPW 10 for a 10% discount. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com. 662-238-3159. Get the best internet in Lafayette County, also parts of Union and Pontotoc counties for those who previously did not have internet. And then last but definitely not least, GNM Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They're right there on South Lamar and Oxford. They're my pharmacy. They deliver stuff to me every day. They do that for free, free local delivery. With G&M, take care of all your pharmaceutical needs even to help you transfer your medications. If you're using one of those big box pharmacies that doesn't care about you, switch to G&M. You make one phone call, they take care of the rest. Done, simple, easy. With G&M in Oxford or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. Again, that's 662-236-2222. So have you ever done the pour over coffee? Oh, yes, because... As you may have been aware, I had uh Leslie Walkington from Velvet Ditch on my show a few weeks ago, and that yep. is her preferred method for the mornings and and how she does it. And it, it it is it is a game changer. I've had multiple of our subscribers that have asked me, okay, what pour over does she buy? What do you use, like some some of some specifics of it? If you haven't done that, it is it is a completely different kind of cup of coffee because that's maybe the one thing I learned from her is the ratio of how much water to coffee you use, and then the method, the espresso, or, you know, sorry, the French press versus the pour over versus the drip. It changes the entire cup and the, the dynamics where you, you would have to tinker with one type of coffee eight, nine times with different methods to figure out the exact way that you would want it every day.
3: So Sunday morning in Nashville, I was over in the Green Hills area and I stopped by, I want to give them credit. It's like Hill Com- Hill something. I can't remember the name. I'll, it's over by Lipscomb, like right across the street from Lipscomb University. And I went in. I was working on 10 Thoughts. I was looking for a coffee place. I just needed like an hour, right, to, to kind of get a lot done. And I was just going to get the drip coffee. And I looked at it, and it said, you know, it tastes like chocolate and this and that. And I was like, hey, you're not going to taste all that in the coffee. But I was, you know what? I'll do it. What's five dollars one time? And so I ordered the the pour over coffee, and there was something so soothing about watching it, the water pour over it, Mm -hmm. and then it was magical, man. It was great. I, I mean, I don't know that I've ever had a cup of coffee that was that. Um, satisfying and relaxing and the whole everything about it. And and I was banging on my, it's got, I was getting my work done and it was fantastic. I mean, I, I literally, all I could think about was the next time I go back there and get a pour over coffee. I'm, I'm totally, I was totally in. I mean, I wanted, I didn't at that moment because I didn't have time, but I wanted to like go get another one and talk about it with her, but I didn't want to drive her crazy and nerd her out. But I was really fascinated by it because it was a completely different experience from a taste standpoint, an aroma standpoint than your Keurig morning coffee. You know what I mean? It almost yeah, like yeah. if you did that a few times in a row, I don't know that you would really like your Keurig morning coffee. No, I think you've got you would have to you'd have to just start doing
2: that. And for a normal pour over for anybody that's curious, uh so what you're doing, you typically need to scale because you're weighing out grams of both of them. It's a 16 to one ratio. So you use 16 water to one coffee or whatever it is uh to, to, to get that done. And that's how you do that. So set the set the cup on the scale, set it to zero, put the put the coffee in. And set it back to zero and then put the water into that certain amount and, and, and use it at that point. Um, I've actually got the raw, fo- the raw footage. I've got to edit it. I, I think I'm going to put it into our video thing. I did a video with her showing how to do a cupping where you take a certain kind of coffee and two coffees and three coffees. And it's almost like a bourbon or a wine taste test thing where she teaches you how to take different notes and flavors from the coffees, the mouthfeel, the acidity, and then sometimes you're shocked because you don't know the way you do it correctly. You don't know what bags or what kind of coffee you're looking at till the end. And then you turn it over and go, oh, wow, I actually like that more than I thought. Or you'll trick yourself sometimes. She and I did one. And then I've got a video coming on our thing that shows you how to set it up, how to do it, and kind of what to do to start noticing
3: more notes in coffee as you move forward. Oh, I'm totally in. I'm I'm so. totally in. I, <laughs> totally in. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, Well, because so like- I'm kind of like you. Somebody goes,
2: Hey, that coffee did that have kind of an earthy or baking spice. And it's like, Oh, come on. I'm just, I don't know. I'm drinking coffee, but sure enough. Um, what I have learned that if you do it correctly with the right ratios, there is a national mass market brand. That's not bad, better than you think. Cause you don't do it correctly usually. And there is one national chain that is God awful. Those are my two takeaways to this point. Um, that is that, that 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 is the two guarantees that 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 I have that I have come across.
3: See, I, I think what this is is this is this is God or a higher power trying to say to me, "Hey, look, why don't you? Since you seem to have an obsess obsession with with really enjoying a liquid instead of it's tequila or bourbon, why don't we shift to coffee for a while?" I I I, I kind of think I kind of think that might be what's happening a little bit. Like you know, you're you're developing a little bit too much of a of a taste for different reposados where you can like, Oh, well this one, uh, and and then uh, why don't, why don't we switch to coffee for a bit? That, that might be exactly what's happening.
2: Yeah. So that's that, that, that's, uh, that's that, um, (laughs) as we get into actual, Football. Um, We we'll, probably should do that before everybody wants to kill us. But at this point, you're either with us or you're not. If you do want to try her coffees, by the way, it's velvetditchcoffee.com. Uh, the Ethiopian blend is my favorite. She has several. She's got a Kenyan blend coming out soon. I'm sorry, it's not a blend. The whole point of hers is it is all single origin from one person, from one thing. It is not blended together into a bunch of whatever. So it's a higher quality coffee that she gets from all across the uh, the world. So anyway, Bel- Uh All right. So tell you what surprised me yesterday. Uh, well, let's do this first. Anything Greg Sankey say actually revealing? Because I told Brian on, I guess, Sunday night is when we recorded Monday's show, that usually his tone or his demeanor tells me more than his words. Um, because he doesn't really ever say anything if you look at the transcript. But you can kind of tell what kind of mood he's in. I thought yesterday, considering all the topics that are potentially at play, was much more boilerplate. I actually thought he was fairly boring, and I didn't get much from him the way that I thought, because even the congressional thing, he says that Congress is the only way to fix NIL, and he sort of, you know, everybody phrased it, and I'm not saying this is wrong, so that's why I'm asking you, as he's pleading his case for Congress to do that. But I don't know that I took it that way as much as just simply a fact that that is the only way because you've got state laws and everybody fighting or whatever. And I think it was more of just a very pragmatic, practical statement of, well, if everybody's going to argue, the one thing we all know for sure is the federal government could fix it. So they will or they won't. Cool. Moving moving on. I, I, I did not see that he was pleading on bended knee to Congress to come in tomorrow and do something.
3: No, I agree with you completely. Uh, it's funny. We, we have not talked about this at all. I had the exact same take. Um, yeah, no, I, I took it as him just saying, hey, look, it's... Uh, I thought his choice of words is always interesting because he's a, a guy who's incredibly smart, incredibly well-read. Whatever you think of him, so that's up to you. He's very, very bright and, and, and very incredibly, probably more well-read than anyone needs to be. He probably reads so much that it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but his use of words were interesting i i I took it as his saying look we've gone to congress we've talked to them it's a bipartisan issue and then i kind of heard a hint of resignation of they're not going to fix it and that's the only way to fix it and i thought and i can't remember whether he said fix or repair or what word he used but that's clearly what he meant and I did think that was interesting because I did think that was his way of at least saying this current model isn't particularly sustainable because and 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 also that this was his way of saying that this current model is is flawed. Well this broken is too strong of a word, maybe, but flawed, really flawed. And that he he made a point to say that he'd never talked to a student athlete who said, I want to be an employee. It was his way of saying they're not going to become employees. That doesn't work. That puts us out of business. You have to, you idiots in the media have to understand that. And there's there are people in the media, and you listen to the way questions are asked who don't understand business models. They 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 don't get it. They don't understand. They they live in a utopia. They, this is not political, but there are people out there that are utopian in their in their mindset of why do you guys need to make so much money? Couldn't we just even that out and everybody would make something and everybody would be happy. And they don't understand that certain people are motivated by money and, 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 or, or they just, they're certain. We're not all even, we're not all equal. You, you can, you, you can strive for that. You're never going to get there. And, and, Certain people are just going to excel more than others, and they, they're going to be rewarded for that. It's just the way it is. Michael Jordan made more than than Jud with the Bulls. They were both NBA players, but one made more than the other. And the, the I, I just took it as his saying that's the fix, but I didn't hear in him any thought of, hey, something is imminent. In fact, I kind of heard the opposite. And it was kind of a this this deal with different states or different ways. And frankly, I really respected Brian Kelly's answer. His answer was essentially, look, it's not my job to fix it. It's my job to adapt to whatever set of circumstances I have on my plate. Eli Drinkwit said the same thing, which is, if you're asking for me to apologize for the fact that we have an advantage because of our state legislation, our state legislator le- legislature. I'm not going to. I'm the coach at Missouri. It's an advantage for Missouri. I'd be a fool not to try to take advantage of that advantage, and that's the world. These are competitive people. You don't become an SEC head coach, no matter what you think of any of them—love them, hate them, whatever. You just don't become an SEC head football coach if you. Don't know how to take advantage of of advantages and such, and certainly Chase, you don't stay an SEC head football coach if you don't take advantages advantage of whatever advantages you might have at your disposal, because with rare exception, those same programs are going to have a handful of disadvantages that work against them. So if you don't take advantage of the things that work for you, you're an idiot. So if you're listen, if you're Jimbo Fisher, you're not apologizing for the fact that you have advantages at Texas A and M. No, you're thinking I better use these advantages to win nine games or they're going to fire my ass. That's that's what you're thinking about. So Senki is basically saying the way it's done now, different schools have different advantages over others. The only fix for that is the federal government. And I, I took from what he said that he was not particularly confident that, that any any kind of resolution was coming on that front.
2: media day going to Dallas next year, not a shock. Texas and Oklahoma not, not at all. The that, that, had been, that had been
3: rumored for years. Yeah,
2: they're they're headed in. Uh, was there a lot of Texas – I mean, is, is there a lot of Texas-Oklahoma – not chatter, but, I mean, can you tell they're coming into the league or is it just sort of out of sight, out of mind when you're around?
3: Uh, other than Sankey, there wasn't a lot of that. I mean, there was, you know, the running back for LSU, whose name's escaping, Josh Williams, he was asked about it yesterday and he said, what do you think? But Texas and Oklahoma, he goes. They don't know what they're in for. No, oh, really. Is, yeah, which is generally what I think as well. Uh, Brian Kelly talked about getting into the SEC, and he said there was what blew him away was the road games. Going to going to Auburn, going to Florida. Think about it; those are not very good teams last year, you know. And I mean, I think he knows. Hey, when he goes to Alabama, when he goes to Ole Miss, it's going to be a different environment than what he's experienced. He talked about for him, that was something he, he had to acclimate to. I thought he was much more comfortable yesterday than he was a year ago, walking into that room, kind of looking around he made the comment yesterday. You, you think about Notre Dame as this big time program, but Notre Dame, you don't go to a media day. Just have a the guys that cover you, a few national guys come in and you have a day. You don't do this circus. And, and um, it's, I, I think, I think that both of them are correct I think that's what is is going to happen with Texas and Oklahoma but no right now it's I didn't I didn't sense a lot of that I just it feels like hey we're just going to do this one more time and the next year it's going to be brand new it's all going to go to Dallas I heard a lot of rumbling from media yesterday about moving it to Dallas and and how difficult that will be from a, a travel standpoint and expense standpoint I I get why the league is doing it I suspect it will be a one off because I, I I don't know that attendance will be what a, attendance normally will be in Dallas as opposed to Birmingham or Nashville's pretty centrally located.
2: Those you are know. the two areas that have to host this thing. They just do.
3: I mean, yeah. yeah it, there's it, a it, reason you played the basketball tournament here, there's a reason you played the baseball tournament in Hoover. It just makes sense. I know people think you could play it in other places, and you could. You absolutely could. And the baseball might be better, and the basketball might be as good. But I'm telling you from an attendance standpoint and from a practicality, pragmatic standpoint, Nashville makes sense for the basketball tournament. Hoover slash Birmingham makes sense for the baseball tournament. And media days probably isn't going to be a big hit in Dallas. Do they care as much about it being a circus?
2: It didn't seem like it's the same way it was ten years ago when they're going. Oh my God, we gave out twelve hundred credentials, and it is. Look at the crazy. It's become more. I know this sounds crazy to say. It almost feels like it's become a little more professional. That hey, this is a this is a this is an a professional style event that we run people through, and we've got a ton of people and a ton of interest, and we are the SEC, but it's not this look at this sideshow freak of a week that we have going on that right that was the tenor in 2012 2013.
3: I agree with that again <laughs> you and I it's like it's like we had a big pre-show yeah. meeting and we didn't yeah. um yeah I I think two things happened I think you know back then it was look at all the people isn't this great mm-hmm. and you credential everybody and and suddenly you've got you know the guy that works for my blogs goingnowhere.com, asking for autographs. Taking pictures, doing <laughs> selfies. And then you have that, and that allows the national people to make fun of you. Yeah. And they don't like being made fun of. Certainly, and nor should they, when you're the preeminent league in the country. And I do think it's become more professional. I think they like moving it to cities like Nashville. Um and out of not nothing against the winfrey, but I, I've never thought that the league was crazy about the lobby scene down there with all the people hanging out all day and and stuff there there was yesterday was certainly a very like you said it was it was kind of a kind of a factory it was it was it was very very professional they they stayed kind of on schedule. there's not as much media here and most of the media is actual media so it was it was it was, it was a little more corporate.
2: It's subtle, too, but I think there's something to matching or at least showing a professional product similar to the Big Ten because the Big Ten's in Indianapolis and it has a very similar feel to it. I think it's, you know, in some ways they're almost kind of locking arms and going, nope, this is what these things are supposed to look like. They take this many days and you do this and this is, you know, not the way the pac 12s doing theirs or whatever. They, they, these, are, these are the ways that we're doing this, playing big boy football as we are today. Um, you know, you mentioned comfortable for Brian Kelly. You know, when he's uncomfortable, I feel like he gets a little more arrogant. He almost gets defensive at times. Yeah, I thought that some of his answers about, "Hey, it's still a build. It's this." He he downplayed some things. He was low key about some things yesterday, which was the, it was the inverse from what I expected. But I think I agree with you too. Probably tells me that he actually felt comfortable enough to be that way, and he's he didn't have his guard way up, and it just kind of was what it was with them um he obviously likes his team but I mean as I as we've said and we'll talk about LSU a ton moving forward they've got one of the biggest just sort of variances of anybody in, the, in in this thing I mean they could absolutely get into the conversation and you look at that thing they could go eight and four I mean it's a it's a it's a really strange year for LSU um Jimbo what'd you make of that yesterday just in general he still won't say a word about what the hell Bobby Petrino is doing. What 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 are we doing here?
3: What is this? It, I have been on the absolute cusp of just diving into the Texas A and M Kool Aid and just drinking it in, and that pushed me away away. I'm I'm back in the safe territory of y'all are going to be the same thing you've always been. You're going to talk big, and it's not going to work. That, that if anything, yesterday seeing those two people come in and listening to their answers to questions and just watching their tone and their body language. My takeaway was, boy, if you're going to get LSU, you better hurry up. And A&M's that that's not going to work. That's what I thought. Those were the two things that came to my mind. I thought circling back to Kelly for just a minute so that I can juxtapose juxtapose the difference. I thought with Kelly, his answer about Georgia was very telling. He said, you know, they're the standard. We're trying to get there. Are we there yet? No. If we keep recruiting the way that we're recruiting, we're going to get, we're going to catch them from a roster standpoint. And then it will be about what we do on the field. There was no trash talk there. There was no Kirby. If if Kirby turns that into bulletin board material, he's a better, he's better at propaganda than I am. Um, I took that as a compliment. They're the best. We know it. We played them. We 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 got beat pretty handedly by them. And uh, we, we walked away from that going, okay, that's the standard. That's what we have to get to. Our roster, if we're going to win in this thing, our roster has to look like that roster. And so we've got to recruit that way. And that's been their objective, and that's what they're doing. And he said, and we feel like we're doing it. Are we there yet? No. Do we feel like we're getting there? We do. I took that as whoa. Look out. If, if you can do it at LSU, Les Miles did it, at Orgeron did it. To think Brian Kelly can't do it is is pretty naive on your part. And then with AM, Jimbo had to know on the list of hey, questions that are coming for you today, Jimbo. This is number one. So why don't we prepare an answer to this question? If you want to butcher another question like about a kicker or something, cool. But let's not butcher this one. He gets it, and he just butchers the hell out of it, which told me that Jimbo Fisher, at the end of the day, the ego just is not going to let him have somebody else get credit. Tells me it's just not going to work.
2: He's going to take over the first sign of problems, if he ever even gives
3: it up to begin with fully. And here's their thing. Their schedules, like every other schedule in the SEC, is really hard. And they have some games that are hard early. And they have a stretch in the middle of the season that's brutal. And if it gets out of control at any point, it could really spiral. You know, it's not a guarantee that that the Miami game at Miami is is going to be a, a cakewalk. It's not. Mario Cristobal is a good coach. They've recruited fairly well. The game's down there. It's going to be a challenge, one would think. It's a likelihood. It's likely that the game against Arkansas in Arlington is going to be a very competitive, tight football game. It usually is. You know, I mean, K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders have played a lot of football in this league. They... They're not going to roll over and be terrified of Texas A&M. What happens if one of those games goes south? What if they lose one of those games and the scrutiny picks up? Is Jimbo going to just back off and let Bobby Petrino run the offense? Or is he going to dive into it and try to save it himself? I think it's the latter and not the former. And if that's the case, it's over. And and here's the thing about A&M. You get the sense talking to people around that program, and I talked to a few yesterday, that anything, anything less than eight and four is done, and eight and four might be done. And you look at that schedule and you try to get Texas A and M to nine and three. That's work. They got to go to Tennessee. They got to go to LSU. We mentioned having to go to Miami. Arkansas is in Arlington. They got to go to Ole Miss. Not a certainty.
2: You can go eight and four simply losing Alabama, Tennessee,
3: Ole Miss, and take your pick. LSU. LSU, yeah. Easy. And, hey, they they, got to play Mississippi State. They don't typically win that game. Are you vacationing on Florida's Emerald Beach this summer, whether you're staying from 30A to Pensacola Beach or anywhere in between? Please check out Captain Lee Comerford with Salty Lab Charters. Licensed and insured, he offers custom excursions such as dolphin watching along Destin Beaches, Crab Island sandbar experiences, and much more. He's an Ole Miss grad, an Air Force veteran. He has more than 30 years of boating experience along Florida's Emerald Coast. All trips are private to your group, so check him out on Instagram or book today at SaltyLabCharters.com. Please use the code Grove 20 to save 20%. Uh, this is a code is good through the end of the month. You can apply the code to any charter booked in 2023. So again, that's SaltyLabCharters.com. Uh, Lake Hill Motors in Corinth, Mississippi, is the place to go to get the zero-turn bobcat mowers. They have a complete line of mowers ranging from the entry-level residential ZT2000 with a cutting speed of 7 miles per hour to the top-of-the-line commercial ZT7000 with a mowing speed of 13 miles per hour. All Bobcat mowers come with the trademark tough deck cutting system constructed with heavy-gauge fabricated steel for durability and improved vacuum lift, providing a reliable, perfectly manicured finish every time. The Bobcat line is priced below MSRP comes with a 3-year warranty and currently Bobcat is offering 0% financing for 60 months or up to $2,000 cash discounts for cash purchases or financing at regular rates. So get you can also get $100 off if you mention that you heard about it on the podcast. Contact Michael McCalla in Corinth at 662-871 six nine one eight or visit him in person 2003 highway 72 east annex in Corinth walk-ons sports bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana dig into their mouth watering made from scratch Louisiana cuisine po boys, gumbo voodoo shrimp plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads all in front of 70 plus TVs 40 plus ice cold beers on tap check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland Mississippi today the college corner is your one-stop Rebel Shop. It's uh, two locations in the Jackson area, one in Ridgeland, one in Flowood, and another coming soon in Oxford. We'll have more details on that as the summer progresses. For the meantime, you can visit collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram with the largest selection of Rebel gear in Central Mississippi. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, but the same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide their customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid, that's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D, or download their app, name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock has multiple locations around Nashville as well as Memphis, uh selma indiana and uh, more locations coming soon that offer local pickups so don't miss out and we're brought to you by game changer patches the only two patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start the warm-up patch used before or while you drink the overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep the all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for your next play so go to gamechangerpatch.com promo code rebelgrove20 at checkout for 20 percent off your purchase
2: a little bit of a weird quarterback play, and they've got a that that four that four game stretch they have: Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee. What well, I mean, you, I mean you, could, you could get you could easily lose to KJ in Arlington, and you easily could let Hugh pull
3: one of those year one specials on your ass right there. I mean, sure, sure, of course. I mean, if 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 the football gods came down and said, "Hey, A and M loses, goes one and one against Auburn." Arkansas, are you like, oh my god, football gods? I can't believe this. No, you'd be like, okay, I I get it. I mean, that doesn't even even raise your
2: heart rate if you see that easy. I know this isn't going to happen, okay? Like, this is worst case, just like best case doesn't happen. But if you could say, hey, you're the czar and you get to pick three things, one of those three things for the college football season might be them falling off and losing because you lose to Auburn, and I think you run the risk of it spiraling right there. If we could just get A and at three and four at their bye week, and make them be three and four at their bye week, that'd be fantastic. I, I would, I, I, I would just be so happy to watch fourteen days of that before they play South Carolina.
3: And that's another one. See, they could lose to them. I think mm-hmm. we're sleeping on the Gamecocks. I, 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 it's 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 crazy to me how much. We, and I do it too, I'm so I'm ra- hand-raised. If you could see me, you'd know I'm raising my hand because I do it. We look at that roster and we look at recruiting rankings and go, they're just too good to fail. And then they keep failing, and we keep doing it because we're sort of hostage to recruiting rankings. Yeah, they recruited a pretty high level in a league full of teams that recruited a pretty high level.
2: It was my favorite thing yesterday from a media standpoint was – and it was, I'm not picking on anyone, it was several of them, because I went to all the sites to check this, and they all basically had some version of the same thing. Jimbo says that. He says he hopes Petrino calls the game or whatever his quote was, and he he basically downplays. He won't even tell people what kind of offense they're running. They're like, hey, are you spread, whatever? I don't know. No reason to tell you. So he won't even like give these opinions, and all, the different media members who cover Texas A&M all rushed to their message boards or to their people or to their Twitter and went, just ignore him. No, here's what happened in the spring game. Here's what happened in the offseason. No, no, no. It, it, it's Bobby's offense. Just don't, don't listen to Jimbo. Don't listen to him. It's gonna be okay.
3: Like and then two hours later, two hours later, we like to make fun of Eli Drinkwitz, but two hours later, Eli Drinkwitz stands up there in front of all of those people and says, You know, I brought in an offensive coordinator because I, I looked at the offense. first couple of years we were there. I felt like it was I felt like we were good offensively. And then Last year, I kind of felt like we were stale offensively. I felt like we were ineffective, and that was on me, he said. I thought that was fascinating. Here's this guy that went, you yeah, know, that's on me. We, and we we kind of changed up some play calling at the end of the season. I thought at the end of the season we were better offensively than we were when we were very stagnant in the middle of the year. And so I brought in an offensive coordinator. He's going to coordinate the offense. It's It's his offense. And so you see a coach do it drinkwits go hey maybe it's too much on my plate and jimbo can't say that not in front of people so maybe he can walk around at the spring game and well look if, if you in the media want to try to tell me that the way that a coach handles the spring game even nick saban stays hands off at the spring game
2: yeah
3: i mean lane kiffin plays with with, with his dog at the spring game,
2: lane literally doesn't coach either team during the spring game. He, he, he brings in coaches.
3: So you're going to, you're going to use the spring game as, as, as the thing, going, Oh, ain't nothing to see here. No, 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 no. I mean, I've watched Nick Saban hands off at a spring game. So no, no, absolutely. That's not, not third this... quarter at Miami and you're down 13 to
2: 10 and things look a little wary and you go, Hey, Bobby, hand me the play sheet. we're, 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 we're
3: getting to business here. That's not down 23 to 10 mid third quarter in Arlington against Arkansas. And you go, you know what, we, we better score here. They yeah. just they just took it down the field. If we don't score here and we punt it back to them, we might get run out of this place. That's the moment where you, and that's what's coming. Something along those lines. And I think he's gonna tell Petrino to kiss off. I'm I'm doing this my way. And he's gonna bring out his thing and he's gonna put his readers back on. And 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 it's it's a and at that point, it's it's over. And Bobby's Bo- not a kiss off guy. Look, Bobby Petrino can just walk away. He can. Petrino's a better football coach than Jumbo. Of course. I mean, you think Bobby, if this doesn't work, you think Bobby Petrino can't get another coordinator job? He can't get another Missouri State to hire him? Come on, Chase. You know better than that. I know better than that. Of course. I mean, I I only
2: watched Missouri State once, but that dude was calling up some plays against the Hogs last year. I mean, that thing
3: was. Well, I mean, I mean, they'll tell you they were, they were on the ropes. That was a very creative offense. That's very difficult to prepare for. And you give Bobby Petrino. This is the reason why people like me are like, you know, if, if he'd let Petrino do it, they're scary. Cause Weichmann's good. You've got all this talent, you've got a big offensive line. You got all this stuff. You give Bobby Petrino weapons. He's dangerous. I mean, look at, and he's very adaptable. I mean, you know, Passwaters talked about this on the OEP Extra. I mean, you look at what he did. Maybe it was Trey Wallace. I can't remember. I talked to so many people yesterday. It runs, it runs together. But look at what he did with, you know, when he when he was at Arkansas and he had Ryan Mallett with that cannon of an arm and he had a, just a bunch of receivers. I mean, they were – you think about Arkansas as like a run-oriented team. They were, they were a fast-break offense. I mean, throwing it down the field. And they were explosive. And then he goes to Louisville, and it's Lamar Jackson and this kind of a kind of a run oriented, taking advantage of his athleticism and, and also his arm. And I mean, they're they're a explosive in a different, completely different sort of way. I mean, Bobby Petrino can take; he takes. He's kind of like Lane, really. He takes what he gets, and then goes, okay. Instead of me forcing these people into my system, I'm going to adapt my offense to their talents. And that might change year to year. In fact, in the college game, it probably will change year to year. That's what Petrino can do. But I'm not, I've, after yesterday, I'm just not convinced Jimbo's going to let him do it. I mean, you watch Jimbo get sandwiched between a very confident Brian Kelly and a very calm, matter of fact Eli Drinkwitz. And one coach was far more turbulent than the other two. All
2: right. I know I'm beating a drum a little bit, but Drinkwitz gets me, and I, I, it can, is so confusing because he does the dumbest stuff and all the Twitter thing, and sometimes he can't be comfortable in his own skin, and yet he's not a bad football coach. He looks like a nerd, but whatever. He says some of the more insightful things, frankly. Drinkwitz, from an overall view of giving big picture answers, or being honest or transparent is probably one of the top three or four coaches in the league for just talking. It, it's, it, it, he, it's He is a fascinating coach because I know I like to bag on him and it's a podcast, so we'll make fun of him as the year goes on. But I kind of look at it and I go, I don't know that I'd want him to be my coach, but I also wouldn't put him
3: 14th on who I'd want to be my coach. Like, he's all right. You know who he yeah. really reminds me of and it hit me yesterday? He – he really reminds me in so many ways of Hugh Freeze. Oh. Uh, kind of is probably a more laid back one of the guys, guys that you'll see. He's a little see. less dynamic. He can't quite reach Hughes up. Yeah. yeah. Both are kind of nerdy a little bit in a way. And, and Both kind of try too hard sometimes.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Smart. I I actually think Drinkwitz is a pretty good coach. He just kind of gets in his own way a little bit. But, you know, we won't talk about Missouri much because Ole Miss doesn't play them, and they're out there in the, quote, East, even though they're very far west, which still bothers me. But regardless. Last year for it, doesn't matter. It's just true. It's true. I get to. I get to. Yes. I get to knock that off my list of things to worry about. Um, <laughs> he's got a pretty good roster. They're they're a fairly talented team. They, they they don't. They're very unstable at quarterback, which limits you.
2: That's a bit of a problem. Yeah,
3: but and, and this is a big if. I mean, it's a capital I, capital F, underlined, italicized, bolded. But if they get some quarterback play they could pull some things off. They, they've got – they're pretty good on both lines of scrimmage. They've got weapons. You know, Burden is a potential star. There's a lot there. He seemed kind of confident about his team, but he wasn't going to be brash yesterday. That was very obvious that he went in with the media plan and stuck to it. I'll give him credit. He was like, I'm going to kind of be boring today. I'm going to just – I'm going to know my cliches. I'm going to have – I'm going to be on message – Not, I'm not going to be the laughing stock here. No one's, I'm not giving everybody bulletin board material. And he didn't, he's credit to him. He was prepared for what was coming from a media standpoint, unlike Jimbo.
2: Joe Milton gets hurt or something happens, or Tennessee ends up not being what people kind of maybe think they are. Who do you like to finish second in the East? Kentucky?
3: No, uh, Carolinas. I I like Carolina a bunch. Do you really? I do. I, I'm having a hard time, and I I know this is a mistake, and I think it's why a lot of people are sleeping on Ole Miss, is end of seasons is what you remember. I mean, credit to Houston Nutt here. They they remember November. Yeah, he's not wrong. We do because November is more recent than October. And South Carolina last November was really good, Chase. I mean, what they did to Tennessee, everybody talks about Hooker getting hurt. By the time Hooker got hurt in that game, South Carolina had already won it. And then they 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 went toe to toe with Clemson and won the game. And I know Clemson was down a bit, but let's not pretend Clemson's not a talented roster. It is. And then I know they lost the bowl game to Notre Dame, but it was a hell of a game. And there was a it was an early game last season. They played at Arkansas, and Arkansas was on the cusp of blowing them out. And they just kept fighting and I and played really hard. And they didn't come back to the point where they challenged for the game, but they made that game interesting. And I remember thinking, you know, a a lesser coach with less culture and chemistry would have lost by 40 today. One of those days that, you know, Jefferson was on. Everything they were doing offensively was working. And it was hot. They were they were on the road. It was easy to. You've seen it. It's easy to go get blown out in places like that, and and they, they kind of kept fighting, and I it made me keep an eye on them the rest of the year, and I just liked what I saw. I, he's a guy that I I'll, I'm I'm pretty high on Beamer. I, I, I think culture is more important now than ever before with the portal, and I think he's really good at building
1: it.
2: Today, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Auburn, and Mississippi State are the uh, the teams up today. Vanderbilt, obviously, at least trying to win some more games, see if they can get in bowl contention. Georgia's Georgia. And then we get Hugh Freeze and Zach Arnett, which the afternoon session is the interesting one. I mean, because Arnett, m- nobody knows his voice. Most people couldn't pick him out of a lineup. He's replacing Mike Leach, who's this media legend. Uh, everything going on there from from Mississippi State standpoint. And then what Hugh Freeze is like kind of back in the spotlight, if you will, after these few years. I mean, the the afternoon is the one to pay attention because I think – between Clark Lee and Kirby Smart, you're not going to get a lot that means much of anything this morning.
3: You know, it's interesting. I, I, I talked to Mike Griffith yesterday for a minute, and uh, Mike covers Georgia, and I was like, "Man, they're just rolling, aren't they?" And he's like, "You know, it's it's a different deal. All these, it's a machine, and all this." But he said something. He said, "You know, the fact that Kirby hasn't named a quarterback yet, yeah, might be indicative of Kirby's not crazy about." Any of these quarterbacks yet? And he said, you know, Kirby spent two years try- trying to replace Stetson Bennett and basically couldn't. He said, the reason that Stetson was not committal about coming back was he knew that Georgia was trying really hard to get Caleb Williams and only committed to come back when Caleb Williams went to USC. And Mike said, look, he goes, I know people. Take take as a hot take. He goes, I I think Georgia wins the East, but whoever wins the West, I think is going to beat Georgia. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. He goes, Stetson was really important to what Georgia did. They don't have him. And, you know, a lot of – he always talks about how the media all got the Bennett story wrong, that we all make Stetson Bennett out as this almost walk-on that just worked really hard. And he goes, that wasn't it. He goes, part of his problem at Georgia was that he wouldn't work very hard. He goes, look at him in the NFL now, where if you don't work hard, they just run you off. They don't care who you are. You have to work hard in the NFL or, or you're gone. He goes, he's making waves in Los Angeles because he's working hard. He's really talented. He goes, I don't know that they, I don't know that they have that guy right now. It
2: It is because, I mean, we did it last week. Hey, who do you think? You know, run the poll. We went through that athletic thing. Everybody goes, ah, Georgia, even though I don't have the quarterback, whatever, it doesn't matter. But the point is we do that where we still pick them to win the national title and all this stuff because we're so used to it. And then Alabama, because we don't know who their quarterback is, we go, oh, well, hell, they can finish third in the West. They finished finish fourth. Right. We like, just did it with Missouri. Off. It's the right? like same
3: thing. Yeah. We just did it with Missouri where you're like, well, you know, they don't have a quarterback. So screw them. Okay. Yeah. But so Georgia didn't have a quarterback, but they're okay. We like LSU because they have a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, Jaden Daniels was good last year and he's back this year. And he talked about, he, he talked yesterday about how, hey, I, I figured out I've got, I had to gain some weight, I had to get in better shape. The league's hard. It's 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 harder to go through the gamut of an SEC schedule than it is a Pac-12 schedule. I, I saw it, not not casting aspersions. It just is what it is. I I know it. He you know, he looked bigger in person yesterday than he did last year. He looked like he put some quality weight on, et cetera, et cetera. It's one of the things that I think is interesting about this season is that everyone's writing off Alabama, and maybe it's gonna be, maybe we're all gonna. Eat crow, right? They're going to go and 15-0, and 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 it's going to be his best team ever. But they lost Bryce Young. Bryce Young was the first pick in the draft. He's already the quarterback for the Panthers. He's special. They don't necessarily know who the guy is, and you have three people competing for the job. I mean, it's a cliche. If you have three quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. And so yet we, we, we put them up on a pedestal, and we don't really know why. We put Georgia up on a pedestal because they're great everywhere except maybe quarterback, which is a big problem. It's it's an interesting league because it feels more – I think it's a little more up for grabs maybe than it's been in a long time. Maybe that's it's an opportunity for some of the teams that maybe we're sleeping on a little. maybe, And maybe Ole Miss is one of those teams. I mean, Greg McElroy walks around telling anybody who will listen that Ole Miss is the most dangerous – Team that no one's talking about in the league, and I think no one's talking about Ole Miss just because of the way Ole Miss finished. I mean, they finished poorly. There's no way around that. Yeah, Michael Roy's been on that for like two weeks now
2: to the point where does It's not even like a normal Tuesday afternoon hot take thing. He just believes it.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I mean, we'll talk about Ole Miss later in the week. I get it. I, I understand what he means. I, I kind of, and I wonder whether I'm more. I'm not negative on Ole Miss at all. I think Ole Miss is going to be a good team. I just when people do the nine and three, ten and two thing, I we just, just kinda, see the warps. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, but I, I mean, I was there for the one and five finish. I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was in, I was in Fayetteville. I was in Oxford for the Egg Bowl. I, I watched the Texas Bowl. That was, that was not a, that was not a dialed in team. The last three games of the season. The I first three, group, you know. The
2: first three days of SEC media days, there are 11 teams going. Of those 11 teams, three send a quarterback are sending a quarterback. That's it. Yeah. That means That means the league is somewhat up for grabs because there, there are no high-profile quarterbacks. You go, oh, yeah, that guy's going to media day, and he's the face of this and whatever. It's Jalen Daniels, which is why we like LSU. It's Will Rogers who's setting all the records, but we don't know what to make of Mississippi State, and it's KJ Jefferson. That's the first three days.
3: Yeah, it's, it's why in the West, honestly, and I told somebody this yesterday, I think a lot of people are sleeping on both Ole Miss and Arkansas. And it's for the same things. It's, it's funny, Ole Miss and Arkansas are very similar. They both went out and added a whole bunch of defensive guys in the portal. They have new defensive coordinators. Now, Golding is far more accomplished than than Travis Williams. But they both went out and added tons of dudes in the portal. They both got big time running backs, Quinshawn Judkins, Rocket Sanders. I mean, two guys that mm-hmm. just put up massive numbers last year at their respective schools. And they both return quarterbacks. I mean, Ole Miss returns like seven quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, and, and KJ, for all of the flaws of KJ Jefferson, and he has plenty. When you watch He's him play, you're like, when you watch him play, you're like, ah, oh, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. And then you look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. No one talks about. KJ probably the way that KJ should be talked about he's put up great numbers at a program that has been pretty bad on defense he's got them a bunch of wins so I don't know feels I'm picking LSU to win the West it's not so I'm not super confident about it because I like like you said to kind of wrap up I mean I I, I LSU could lose four games sure yeah. no problem I can get them there but I, I'm picking LSU and then after that I mean if I'm gonna chop Alabama I mean chop Texas A&M off my list and I think I am I think I'm putting Alabama second now I might be putting Ole Miss third and look if A&M's going to have a, the same Jimbo problem they had last year I'm picking Arkansas ahead of them yeah and then you know what the one thing you know about Auburn you know what Hugh's going to be like in year 1 they're going to play over their heads a couple of times South Carolina and Tennessee, the other
2: quarterbacks that are attending Spencer Rattler and Joe Milton there for the uh the Game Cox and the
3: Volunteers. Which tells me maybe we're sleeping on Tennessee a little bit.
2: Man, yeah, maybe. I mean,
3: you know, it's just I, I don't know. So why do they play the I game. Well, look, for... I mean, no, I
2: mean we we're not though, because if somebody goes, Hey, Georgia doesn't win the East, we all say, Okay, Tennessee won the East. Okay, sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the question is if it's not Tennessee because something goes haywire, but it's 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 Tennessee most likely. So that's where the that's where that,
3: that's at. You know, full circle what would be this would, what would be interesting is if this were the first year of the 12 team. Oh, how many of the teams that we're talking about would you be saying, you know, they could slip into the end of the the bottom of the bracket. And I think we'd be talking about Tennessee in that regard. We'd be They we would talk- be talking about the entire west outside of Mississippi State and Auburn. And Auburn. Yeah, I think and probably Arkansas. I don't think you'd yeah. be talking about Arkansas getting top 12. LSU, Alabama, AM, Ole Miss. Yeah. You'd be saying all four of them have a legitimate chance in different ways to get into the playoff. And you would be talking about Arkansas as, you know, if you told me that somebody really shot, who would it be? And it'd be, oh, it'd be the, the guy with three and a half year starting quarterback. You're going to be that guy, running back. And, you know, all the, all the, they're, they're pretty good up front. You'd be talking about them in that regard, but you would definitely be talking about Ole Miss as a, hey, they could, they could get the ten or the eleven or the twelve seed, sure.
2: Yeah, because you would be going. Hey, can they go undefeated against Auburn, A and
3: M, and Mississippi State and Arkansas? Could they yeah. go four and zero? Yeah, and they games? win those four games, beat Vanderbilt, get five, win the nine league, get nine, and then could they just go one and two in the other three games? Yeah, because that would put them in the playoff. And, and then you go, can nine and three get in? Yeah, if, if nine and three, if all three of the losses are respectable, can that get you in the? Can you ease in at eleven or twelve?
2: Yeah, because then we'd had, be having
3: the conversation about, hey, what about what does the Big Ten look like, and does the yeah, nine and three yeah. team out of the Big Ten or the nine? And th- I just one, one of the reasons I think the Big Ten and the SEC the competition's about to get real is because the question in that first year probably is going to be, all right, well, a nine and three Big Ten team and a nine and three SEC team, how do we separate them?
2: Yeah, because I mean our mana from a podcast standpoint is late November and we're having that conversation and it's hey, is nine and three Ole Miss or nine and three Iowa gonna get into the playoffs.
3: Yeah, and evaluating well figured out. What's what's a better accomplishment? Losing twenty eight to twenty four to Ohio State or losing twenty eight to twenty four to Alabama? Yeah. You know.
2: So yeah. Does that win over Arkansas or that win over Michigan State matter more? I don't know. It's crazy. Right. Right. All right. Another podcast coming. Uh, again, I don't know. Uh, we will get it to you for uh, probably, I mean, there's no reason not to go ahead and load the stupid thing. So, whether it is uh, available to you in video or not, you'll probably get another podcast later today, tonight, in some form. This is obviously up. We'll recap day two of SEC Media Days. We'll talk more coffee or something. Who knows? We'll just get together and we'll uh, chat for a little over an hour. So, all your podcasts this week coming up again, uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Georgia on tap today. So, uh, Neil from Nashville and me from Oxford, take care, and we'll talk to you again actually very, very soon today.